Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Tuesday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. Doug Maurice here, recording this Tuesday morning early. Had a good conversation on Monday evening with Christina M. Johnson, Ohio State University president, and Gene Smith, the athletic director. After Christina Johnson had been named to the college football playoff board of managers a couple weeks ago, I said, hey, can we talk about that? So Ohio State set that up. Uh, we did it on Monday night on a Zoom for about 30 minutes, just uh, me and the two of them. So we had a good conversation. That's going to be what this podcast is about today. Uh, I was going to maybe run some clips, but the audio recording isn't the greatest. So I'm going to sort of just paraphrase what we talked about. But I will start in reverse. We talked about some big picture stuff. The main thing is I'm trying to get a handle on for you guys. I mean, I just think it's interesting. And I present this to them. You guys know my philosophy now. Here's my interview people is here's my theory. What do you think? So the idea that Ohio State is rare, maybe among athletic programs in terms of their desire to compete at the highest level, but also doing it through the lens of the Big Ten, which I think we just all know that's just sometimes a little bit different, Um, just a little bit different maybe than what schools in the SEC are doing. So that idea of how much can Ohio State be a leader uh, in this new era of college sports with Christina M. Johnson on the College Football Playoff Board of Managers. And shortly after she was appointed to that, that is a, an oversight group for the College Football Playoff. They don't do the hands-on investigating, the figuring out of stuff. There are committees that do that. And there's another board that's made up of all the conference commissioners. But as Gene Smith reminded me and in, in the middle of that conversation said, that, that group of commissioners reports to the board the board of managers who's made up of the university president. So it's a president from each conference. It had been the Penn State president. Now it's Christina Johnson. Could, so, so here's the main thing. Shortly after Christina Johnson is impo- appointed as the Big Ten rep, Gene Smith starts floating the idea of, do we maybe start having the rules and guidance and um, the oversight of football through the college football playoff committee rather than through the NCAA. That football, Gene basically, Gene really did mean the top 130 teams, everybody in FBS, right? All those 10 conferences, the Power Five conferences, plus the MAC and the Sun Belt, the Mountain West, and everybody else, they break off just in football and have their own rules about things. And it's the college football playoff that is in charge of that. That idea came on the heels of Christina Johnson joining the board of managers of the college football playoff. If we create a world where the new era of rules and regulations of college sports, especially college football, is going to be 
under the auspices of the college football playoff, now there's an important Ohio State voice on there. That I don't think that was timing or anything by Gene, but to me, it added the impact of how important it is for that Christina Johnson's potentially on that board. And then Gene Smith, though, did sort of say again, which he said in a couple interviews since then, that he's basically just throwing out ideas. Is this going to be where we are? That we are going to get to the point where football is viewed separately and football at the highest level is guided separately. He said, no, I don't know if we're going to get there, but I just want to start the conversation. So the hard thing is, how do you get from conversation to action? It does seem like they think that is going to happen sooner than later. There weren't great answers about how you get from conversation to action, right? But it does feel like Ohio State might be at the heart of that. I think Ohio State should be at the heart of that because Ohio State has a program that is, again, especially in football, wants to compete at the highest level, but does so through the lens that the Big Ten has on college athletics. So we talked a little bit about that, talked a little bit more about the specifics of collectives, a little more about the specifics of some other things in football. But we'll start off diving in more first on the divisions. This was Christina M. M. Johnson had to get off after half an hour. And then I just said, Gene, 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 Gene. At the end, can we talk about this? So I asked Gene Smith about divisions. And this is a hands-on football thing, divisions in the Big Ten. And he said, you know, they've been having their meetings. They had their latest meetings a couple of weeks ago. The Big Ten, this is when all the conference meetings happen. They have a couple more meetings scheduled in the next couple of weeks. He said they have to get this figured out sooner than later because they're not going to move on change anything for 2022, but they might do it by 2023. And if you do it by 2023, you have to do it now. Because he said, for instance, one of the things that happens is that schools start booking their hotels for their road game travel the summer before. So he said they are soon at that point where you've got to be able to book 2023 travel. So you can't be mucking around with the schedule forever. So it sounds like they're going to come to a conclusion soon. And he was noncommittal, but it certainly sounds like to me that the Big Ten is going to change. The Michigan State Athletic Director was at something on Monday at a seminar, you know, at a thing where he and Tom Izzo and, and and Mel Tucker were talking, he was asked about it. His phraseology was like realignment is coming. He didn't get specific about it. I think he just means like the Big Ten's not adding teams or anything, but he just means change is coming in the thrust of divisions. And I think that is too. Gene Smith they said they have talked about if they get away from divisions, you could have a model where every team has one rival that you play every year and the rest rotate. You could have a a model where you have two rivals or you could have a model where you have three rivals. If it's one rival, and we talked about this, and and I've thought about this, one rival is easy because you can almost come up with the one rival for everybody and then you rotate everybody else. So obviously Ohio State-Michigan is going to be played every year. but And now this is just me spitballing a little bit because, by the way, Gene Smith likes to spitball. So I think that's good. I mean, like, why not have the people who are actually making the decisions throw out ideas too? Why just why should just that be the realm of nut job podcasters? So just me spitballing, we all see it. If you did one rival, it's Ohio State, Michigan. I think you'd do Rutgers, Maryland. I think you'd do Ohio State, excuse me, you'd do Penn State, Michigan State. You obviously would do Indiana, Purdue. You'd do Illinois, Northwestern. And then you'd probably do Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota, Wisconsin. And then everybody else rotates. Everybody else, you then are playing everybody equally. If it's you're playing eight teams a year, right, you figure that out. But the main thing that Gene Smith said is, and this is what people have said, if you have no divisions, it allows 
if you're a four-year football player, you'd get to play every other opponent home and away. And that's not how it works right now because you lean more towards your divisions. He said there would be some schools. He said one rivalry would probably work for a lot of people, but two would really take care of everybody. He mentioned Iowa. He said Iowa has a unique circumstance. Iowa does have rivalry trophies with Nebraska, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. That, that group is kind of a foursome that I think if you got to three rivalries, that group of four would just all play each other. Do you have to use three, though? The thing that Gene said that was interesting is he does view the Penn State rivalry in his mind as almost important as the Michigan one, that he would want to protect Penn State, that if it's two for Ohio State, it would be Michigan and Penn State. He thinks that's not obviously is not as traditional as Michigan, but what it has become, what it means right now to Ohio State. I do think he didn't say this, but I do think Ohio State is Penn State's biggest rival. That's Penn State's biggest game of the year. I think the one that people look forward to the most. He would want to protect that. So that gets you to, well, maybe we should have two rivalries protected for everybody, where Ohio State's playing Michigan and Penn State each year, and then you rotate. Or if you do three, which is what the ACC has proposed for its model, in a 14-team league, it works pretty well. If you play only eight conference games, I do think the Big Ten is probably still going to keep playing nine. You could get to three, but I said, Gene, you can't play the three best other programs in the conference. If you're going to have three rivalries, you're going to knock each other off. And he agreed with that. So what I had presented on this podcast and what I've written to our texters is a world where you can't have Ohio State playing Michigan, Penn State, and then Michigan State, or Michigan, Penn State, and then Wisconsin. I just don't think that would happen. He kind of agreed with that idea. So he said it could go one, two, or three. I said, how if, if everybody else gets away from divisions and the Pac-12 and the Mountain West have already announced that, Certainly seems like the ACC will. The SEC is going to talk about it at their meetings coming up. The Big 12 already doesn't have divisions. If everybody else dumps divisions, how could the Big 10 keep divisions? How could you be the only one? And he kind of agreed with that idea. So my guess is right now, from the conversation, what did we learn that's new? It feels like the Big 10 will do away with divisions. It does feel like that will happen starting with the 2023 football season. And at the moment, they are trying to figure out whether it means people would have one rival that they play every year, two or three. But Ohio State is very interested in keeping Penn State on a rival, as a rival, just like the Michigan game. So if you like that Penn State game, and then I I would not be against, we sort of talked about this one setting some schedules and stuff. Um, To really, I I think it would be really cool if you know that the Ohio State-Michigan game, obviously, is the last Saturday in November. It would be cool if the Ohio State-Penn State game is the last Saturday in October. I think that'd be cool to set that and build into that a little bit more. I didn't ask about that specifically. But anyway, that's where we are. That's the latest I have on divisions and where the Big Ten stands with things based off what I talked about with Gene Smith on Monday night. When we come back, talk a little more big picture from that conversation next on Buckeye Talk. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Doug Lamarie is back on Buckeye Talk. All right, I'm going to try to play you a clip some of the questions I asked Gene Smith and Christina M. Johnson, sort of about Ohio State's role potentially in the leadership of what's coming next in college football. We'll see if this works. Do you want to be a leader in shaping the future of college football and college athletics, President Johnson? Absolutely. I mean, I'm honored to represent the Big Ten um, on the board of managers. This is a, it's an important board. And as you said, we're uh, – I don't know if you said this, but I'll say it. Uh, we're one of the elite programs, maybe the elite program in, in college sports. So I think we've got a responsibility um, to step up and try and f- figure out what the future should look like. And I, I can't think of a better partner than to have athletic director Gene Smith um, in that endeavor. So really, you know, super excited about that. Also, I know a couple of folks on the uh, board of managers, including my dear friend Gordon Gee and then Satish Tripathi. And then I'm looking forward to working with uh, Kevin Warren, you know, as our commissioner. So exciting times. Definitely. Gene, what do you, what do you see Ohio State's role with your experience with President Johnson's experience with what Ohio State is as a university and as an athletic department, how much influence, how much leadership can Ohio State have? I think a lot, Doug, and I think we're blessed uh, to have a president like President Johnson who understands athletics because she comes from it. She participated in sports and she has a unique perspective, uh, not just as a former student athlete, but as someone who's gone on through higher education in, in different environments. And so uh, we're fortunate to have her in the leadership role she's in. Uh, it makes it easier for me to talk to because she gets it. And But yes, I think Ohio State um, has to uh, be a leader uh, as we deal with all these changes that are in front of us. And fortunately, both of us have you know, been through some wars and uh, <laughs> we, know how to, we know how to navigate a little bit. So, yeah, we, we have to take a leadership role. President Johnson, what do you think of this idea of potentially the, the college football playoff not just being something that administers the playoff, but really being the governing body potentially of major college football? Do you think that idea is interesting and it, could it work? Yeah, I think I think it's interesting, and I think it's clear that um, you know there's going to be change in the future. So, you know, I'm excited to be part of the the conversation about that and to help, as you said earlier, shape that going forward. Again, working with someone that really knows so much and is the expert. That's Gene Gene Smith. And Doug, I threw that out there just to spark conversation. To be quite honest, I you know I don't know if that's the ultimate model. But somewhere along the line, we need to start the discussion. You know, the model that we're currently under, serving 358 schools, is not sustainable. It's failed us recently. Um, And so at the end of the day, we need to look at a new model. Whether my model that I recommended, the concept, the concept itself is the model, I don't know. But we got to go somewhere. So listen, I'm just a guy wearing pink headphones. I don't know how this stuff works, but you you guys are leaders. You're leaders in the industry. How do you get – we're at such a position of flux, right? 
How do you get, how do you lead, how do we all get from this to a solution? Do you, do you, and again, is this where President Johnson, do you want to propose this is what it should look like? Let's talk about it. Or is it, how do you get from the discussion phase to the solutions phase? It seems like we're, we're at such an interesting point, but I'm like, I don't know how you progress, right? I just talk. You guys actually solve. Well, first of all, I think being part of the board of managers is a, a first step. We will get a recommendation from the management committee, so we're not going to propose the structure, but people that are, that are smarter and, and uh, you know, really understand this area well. Um, you start by having conversations such as uh, Gene Smith led recently, and you keep refining it. And you, so you set up a process. We have that process now. And then you start those conversations and, um, you know, move through to something that's probably going to iterate over time. And, and ultimately, I have a lot of confidence we'll come out with a, a winning solution. I kind of made it like a big deal that you got on this. President Johnson, you know, I was like, hey, okay, all right, Penn State guy, he was good. Now we know President Johnson got here. She dove right in with the pandemic stuff, and she's helping solve problems. She gets it. I'm not making too big a deal of this, am I? I was like, oh, get her in the room, and let's see what happens, right? This is kind of a... This is kind of a big deal that, you, that you're going to have Ohio State and your voice in there. <laughs> well, I think that's what the Buckeye Nation expects from yeah. the president. High standards. And also from their athletic director. I mean, uh, it's kind of a, a no-brainer. I'm just thrilled that it worked out the way it did. Gene, you and I have had these conversations all, all, all the time, Gene, about Ohio State's place, right? You guys are who you are. And then it's how do you – when do you lead? When do you step back? How do you wield power? How do you distribute power? All those things. Where are you right now, Gene, with where we are and where you want to get? How much do you think you and President Johnson – how much are you – I don't know if pushing the right word, but how much do you want to use the power of Ohio State discussions like this? Yeah, I think, Doug, you said it. But I think, again, we're lucky because we have her in the role. And she, she understands how to navigate in the room. She understands relationships. Um, and so it's not something where you have someone that doesn't know how to get our, in, in, our point across. Yep. How to be influential at the right time. And that, that's, it's a blessing. It really is. And so, you know, there's, there's a moment in time when you push and there's a moment in time when you don't push. And that's the boss gets that exceptionally well. So Ohio State uh, is critical uh, as we move forward to these next next number of months. Uh, both the president and I are curious. We we do not have the answer yet. We don't know, but we're curious. We're going to listen to others. Uh, our our opinion, our thoughts on what it ultimately should look like will ever emerge. It will evolve based upon us listening to others and. And we'll go back to our values and what we believe is right as we listen to others. And then we'll we'll push at the appropriate time. But right now, we're all curious because the model that I threw out there is just one. Right. There's many others. This, how much would, will this group, do you believe, end up help shaping the future, though? We know we have the, the, the playoff group with all the commissioners and obviously the conference commissioners. They, they are very influential in all of this. But, but to be the, the presidential representative for the Big Ten, President Johnson, on this board, again, the presidential level is obviously critically important to ch- any change that comes in college sports. Is, is this a, 
Is this a group that will wind up leading and acting, shaping change potentially? Again, which would make it kind of a big deal that you're in there. Well, I, I think what, what Gene said is right. Um, it, we, we're going to be very curious. We're going to listen. It's going to be an interplay between the board of managers, I suspect, and the, the management committee. And I've got full confidence that the, the recommendations we get are going to be, um, you know, help set the stage for mm-hmm. what we do next. Okay. So I think it's a little early to tell, and uh, but I'm excited about the engagement. No, the, Doug, to help you with that, the great thing about this representative form of governance that we're under, President Johnson is representing the Big Ten. She's in the room with representatives from other conferences. She is a you know a member of the COPC, the, the presidential group for the Big Ten. And so are, so are is Jim Clements, who's from Clemson. He's a representative for the ACC. He's on. So the communication, you know, through those tentacles, through all the presidents is critical. So what they talk about, it might not be the answer, but at least their discussions are carrying to other presidents. And those, those discussions that those presidents have in their conferences carry back. And so, and the other piece, is all the commissioners report to them. And so you have these tentacles of communication where they ultimately might not be the final decision, but they're going to have influence with all the different presidents. So we are still a presidentially controlled organization, however it is, however it ends up. And that's, to me, that's the beauty of having her in that seat. Um, she, She gets it. So I think we're, we're going to be in great state, the conference and Ohio State. So that's a bit of a lens into that. I also wanted to ask President Johnson and Gene Smith specifically about collectives and name, image, and likeness and what has sprung up at Ohio State and obviously around the country, these outside groups that form and then take in donations and then <clears throat> pay players to maybe do charity events or whatever it is but it's 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 an outside pay for play basically now it's it's not uh you know businesses it's not go do a commercial for a tire company or for a wing joint it's a specific collective that is set up with the intention of paying players under name image and likeness uh but it's outside the auspices of the athletic departments and i asked my my question is whether you can take it and put that inside the athletic department. Could you have the same idea where you the the collectives exist, but they're they're in the athletic department, and the athletic department is is the one handing out the money rather than these outside people that there's no oversight on, and then you would have a better idea of maybe what some of the deals are. There might be a world where you could limit what players can make initially which would, I think, at least reduce the what's supposed to be not allowed by the rules, which is a recruiting inducement of like, hey, if you come here as a recruit, we'll pay you to come here. That's not supposed to be allowed, but nobody is enforcing that right now. But the idea that you would pay current players under name, image, and likeness, but you sort of have to be a current player. So that idea I threw out uh, in this discussion, could that be a way that they would maybe be in favor, but could they see that working, that that's maybe somewhere we'd get to with the collectives? President Johnson, when it comes to NIL collectives at the moment, are you comfortable with the way 
things are operating right now, or would you like to see uh, changes or shift in the way things are, are going right now across the country? Well, I think for the majority of, of athletes, and we have an awful lot of Olympic athletes who are taking advantage of NIL, and um, so I think that it's it's working for a large number of athletes, and it ties into um, – we have one of my signature initiatives called the Scarlet Gray Advantage, where we're trying to have all our students graduate, um, have a pathway to graduate debt-free by the end of this decade, right? So if you're graduating in 2030, 2031, we want you to have had a pathway to graduate without debt. So it certainly reinforces that signature uh, initiative. You know, I think the things that, that concern me, and I think concern a lot of people, are the challenges around inducement and, and tampering and pay-to-play. You know, I'm not a pay-to-play fan. Um, and so, you know, those are the things that concern me. And, you know, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to get some federal legislation that will level the playing field across the country. I think that's really what we need. Um, since um, the college football playoff is going to be across the, across the country, we need to make sure that we you know, look at something that would, um, you know, take any potential for um, that sort of pay-to-play out of the picture. Gene, how difficult is it to maybe be trying to fix the system as it's evolving while also your teams and coaches want to keep up with whatever is currently allowed? How do you balance maybe what you ideally would like it to be versus what it is right now and Ohio State using what's allowed as much as any other school uses it. What's the balance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. first and foremost, you never step away from who we are, what our values are, and how we're going to operate. We're going to operate within the rules, and that's just how we're going to do it. Um, even if we competitively are competing against people who we believe are, are not operating within the rules, and that's not new. Okay, It's just a different platform. Uh, so we have to figure out a way for our student-athletes to be able to um, optimize their NIL. Uh, how do they get to the highest level in that space? And that's education. And so you know us, we're going to always hammer that. We're going to teach them, teach them, and then go do it. They're doing it. Many of them are doing it. But we, to the president's point, we got to find a way to, to deal with the bad actors. And, and that's, you know, that's going to enforce enforcement's out there now. Uh, as a result of uh, the, the working group that the NIL uh, working group put information out there. So they're out there now. But I think the president's right. I think ultimately we need uh, congressional help. Uh, but uh, to your question, you know, we, we've walked away from young people before because they wanted something that we won't give them. And that's not going to change for us. But we're going to find a way to help our student-athletes out maximize their NIL within the rules. And many of them are doing it. So this is just a harebrained idea from a guy in a podcast. I know good and well it's not harebrained coming from you, Doug. So, you know, I just sit around and think about stuff. So <laughs> President Johnson and Eugene, for both of you, could would there be a way where this could work where you, you sort of have a collective the way it is now, but it's inside the athletic department? that people donate specifically, I'm donating to this, it is for NIL, for the athletes at Ohio State, then you can regulate it to some degree, maybe you create a world where 
Freshmen aren't eligible, so it's not inducement. It's only for the athletes who are established there. Maybe you can tie something to player movement if you transfer, but you had whatever. Could If you have it in the athletic department, you have some control over it. Would that make – and I don't know all the logistics. Again, I'm just a guy who spouts ideas. Is there any part of that that could make sense? Donate for NIL, but it's controlled by the athletic department rather than these outside people. No, I, I don't think it's a harebrained idea, Doc. It, it came up uh, during the original group, working group, and, and I still believe that that's doable. Getting the membership to embrace that concept is, is really hard. So, for example, the ideal of, of freshmen not being eligible in their first semester or first quarter until they go through education, then they can activate. That's one. Then institutions can have hands-on relative to setting up NIL deals, not negotiating the dollar amount, but facilitating introductions and things of that nature. Learfield, our marketing media rights company, for example, you're familiar with, they can actually package student athletes into sponsorships. So if, if we do a, a deal, if they do a deal with a certain corporation, that certain corporation may have a, the women's lacrosse team with that package in that the cross team has a responsibility to do something at X number of charities or whatever. Right. Is. I believe your concept is, is a great one. And you know, I'm, there's some of us who, who believe that that's, that's a way out uh, moving forward. And, and, and in the end, you're still going to have those individuals who are going to be trying to be bad actors in that space. Um, but you minimize it. So I, All right, we'll deal with one more issue, wrap this podcast up next after this on Buckeye Talk. All right, back to wrap this up. Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, talked to Pete Thamel from ESPN, great college football writer, the other day. The SEC has its uh, league meetings coming up, and Greg Sankey said they just want to think about like every possibility of what might happen in the SEC. We know Texas and Oklahoma are joining soon. It's going to bring that lead to 16 teams. And one of the things that they're throwing out there is like, well, what if the SEC had its own playoff? There's a quote from Greg Sankey to ESPN. We need to engage in blue sky thinking, which is you detach from reality. What are the full range of possibilities? So I think the range of possibilities that includes the SEC having its own playoff is detached from reality, which is fine. They can think about stuff. But the idea of like, hey, they do their own playoff. There's 16 teams. Maybe eight of the 16 make a playoff. They get a champ, and then that champ plays like the Big Ten champ or the Alliance champ or something. I just think it's whatever. You, outside the box is fine. But if that's where we get, then then shame on college football. That if, if we backpedal to some sort of all we ever wanted in college football, all we ever fought, you know, all everybody ever wanted was a true national champ. And if we we have to backpedal from that over regional um, desires and separate TV contracts and everything, I mean, my God, get some adults in the room. So I did ask Gene Smith about the idea of like, could, uh, how hard is it going to be to sort of have a, a a central leadership in college football with how regional the sport is and how separate um, the desires and goals and money of of the sport is right now. So here's Gene on that. 
Gene, when we think about where things are right now, you have the SEC ahead of their meetings saber-rattling a little bit of, oh, maybe we'll have our own college football playoff just with the SEC. Is there a legitimate hope for there again to be sort of centralized leadership on the national college football level where the goal is coast-to-coast, north-to-south, common good, where everybody can figure it out together? Or is that horse out of the barn? Is it such a regional sport that it's going to be hard to get everybody to agree to rules and regulations that work best for everybody? That's going to be difficult. It is. You know, that's that's the challenge that we have with the diversity that we've been trying to serve over the years. You know, the, the old philosophy of the planning principle, principle around uh, legislation of competitive equity uh, is flawed uh, because, it, you know, you, you can't create it. Uh, there is a difference between, you know, Ohio State and Alabama and a whole lot of other places. And we need to recognize those differences. Um, it's difficult, to your point, difficult to get to a, a, a good collaboration around what that should be because we have antitrust issues that we got to be careful with. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult. And so that's why you have to look at different ways of, uh, to communicate and create platforms. The, the CFP is one of them. And, and uh, I'm hopeful that those schools that share a, a, a common vision and a common mission around athletics like we do uh, will be able to come together with a new model. And I personally think that that's the 85. That's the, those schools that also offer 85 scholarships or more. And, and um, after, you know, I hope, I'm hopeful that there's a way that, that at least those schools can collaborate and come up with rules for them. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to make it small by creating that concept and, and allowing us to avoid any antitrust issues at the same time. I do think that it's possible that the 130 that Gene Smith is talking about. So what he's saying is it's FBS football because at the FCS level, they don't award 85 scholarships, right? Youngstown State schools like that that play their own separate national championship with the bracket. The 130 schools at the top, the 10 biggest conferences, the power five plus the group of five, they award 85 scholarships. They play in the bowl system with the college football playoff. He's saying that could break off. I actually think it's possible that we get to the point where a subset of of that breaks off. Because to try to get Alabama and Ohio State and USC and Miami and Clemson and Oklahoma and Texas and Penn State and Michigan, to get them in the same world with the MAC schools and the Sunbelt schools and everybody else, I think that might be a bit of a stretch. Or maybe there will be schools that decide – if there's a breakoff under the college football playoff, we'll stay lower. I do think you could you could divide that top level because I still think there might be too big of a gap uh, between Mac schools and their financial resources and how they want to operate, especially if you got into a world where you did bring collectives inside athletic departments and you were sort of as athletic departments having a system where you were paying players. Like, and I think... You know, you heard Christina Johnson say she's not in favor of pay for play. I think there's a way you can maneuver here where if it's a collective that's a specific thing, 
even though it's administered by the university, you could it could not be pay it could basically be pay for play, but also not be pay for play. If you want it to be pay for play, it's pay for play. If you don't want it to be pay for play, it's not pay for play. It gives cover to everybody. I think there's an answer there somewhere, but I also think maybe 130 is too much. Gene's talking 130 right now, that top level again. He's spitballing, so I like spitballing. We appreciate everybody uh, being on the podcast here today, and so that'll wrap this up. Thanks, of course to Christina M. Johnson and Gene Smith for taking time to speak with us here at Cleveland.com. I'll be writing about some of this, uh, oh, several parts of these conversations at Cleveland.com slash OSU if you want to go there, read some of my thoughts about it, the context of it. I thought it was valuable uh, for you guys to get to hear it straight from them. I think the audio quality was good enough for you guys to get a sense of that. And uh, again, you know, that's they're busy. So um, for them to take half an hour out of their day, uh, to talk to us, to talk to you guys, uh, is certainly uh, appreciated. Wednesday, big plans. Here's what we're going to do. On the College Football Survivor Show, we are doing a playoff preview of every conference. Likely playoff team, playoff dark horse, best Heisman candidate, Heisman dark horse, game of the year, uh, program that could be in the playoff mix in five years, spoilers, that kind of thing. We did the ACC last week, and this week we're doing the Big Ten, and I'm going to drop that in this feed on Wednesday. That's my plan. It's going to be my co-host, Shahan Jeharaja, and I. And we'll be joined by Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com, an old friend. And we'll break down the Big Ten. And you guys will care about that because obviously a lot of Ohio State talk in there. So, But it'll also give you a sense of the College Football Survivor Show, my other podcast. If you guys have not listened to that before, you'll get to hear how good Shahan is. It's, you know, if you have listened to me here, it's, I'm still me. So... We'll do that. It'll be in both feeds. I just I, I want to tease that pot a little bit, but also the, the content's going to be really valuable. As I put this out Tuesday morning, we're getting ready to record that on Tuesday morning with me and Shahan and Adam. So that'll be that. And then uh, the plan for Thursday, unless news breaks, is the Toledo preview with Dave Briggs and Kyle Rowland from the Toledo Blade, third in our series of Ohio State opponents for this year, and also some talk about Urban Meyer's future. And I think that'll be a fun one. Then some other good stuff planned ahead. So for now, thanks, of course, to Christina Johnson and Gene Smith. Thanks to you guys for listening. I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.